On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. G'day, amigos, and welcome to the Four Diegos here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on a Wednesday night. The calm before the storm, as we heard in the uh, in the news. But uh, thanks to Mark Fine, another great show, and of course the GBU crew stumping us all with number 42. Warren, welcome to the show. Yeah, no, it's good to be here, Rodrigo, and... Um I'm just happy to be sharing the night with uh, you and Carlos, as we do every Wednesday night. And uh, Carlos, you're in the house as well. Thanks very much. And uh, we don't usually give Cheerios, uh, Rodrigo, we because we just really, it's all about us, isn't it, really? It is. <laughs> but uh, Elsie, uh, 94-year-old who listens to us uh, religiously every Wednesday night, just a big Cheerio to her at the moment. Apparently her favourite Diego is Carlos. Of course. <laughs> of course he is. And it's great that uh, someone of our vintage is listening to the Diegos. Thanks, Elsie. <laughs> Well done. Congratulations on uh, listening to the Diegos, but thank you for, uh, for doing that as well. So have a, have a good night tonight. Hey, it's time to go now to Tony Shebeki for a Glasgow 2014 update. A Glasgow 2014 update. Or 2014, as they say in the classics. Tony, welcome to the show, and you're at Hampden Park, mate, and apparently you're doing a couple of laps of the track today. Yeah, exactly right, Rodrigo, Carlos, Warren. Good evening to you guys. Yeah, we're t- we're standing in the middle of Hampton Park at the moment. We've uh, got a bit of a media mile happening, so uh, we're allowed to either run, walk, which I'll be doing, uh, <laughs> a four laps of the of the track here. But just to be at the home of Scottish football is fantastic. And I tell you what, there's signs everywhere, and I just don't know what we are doing in Australia. And they all say a Millennium Commission lottery project, Hampton Parking, which is a beautiful fifty thousand seat stadium with Scottish football was built with money out of the lottery. Why in the hell don't we do it in Australia? Because we've got, we've got governments who uh, take that uh, for, the, <laughs> for seemingly their own purposes. Exactly but... right. Exactly right. Uh, no, but a beautiful, beautiful stadium here. We were at Celtic Park the other day as well for the opening ceremony and uh, also been down to Ibrox for the uh, Rugby Seven. So we've covered the gamut of, uh, of Scottish uh, football stadiums. Fantastic. Hey, you've been doing a fantastic job over there. What's, what's the news at the moment, uh, you know, in Glasgow 2014? Well, the big news at the moment for Australia is uh, the, the, oh, sorry, the eminent sacking, if it hasn't already happened, of uh, Eric Collingsworth, the, uh, the coach, effectively, of the Australian Athletics team, the high-performance manager, uh, fell out with Sally uh, Pearson about six months ago, uh, six to eight months ago, and they, uh, yeah, since then, it just hasn't been the same between the two of them. And uh, as a result, Hollingsworth came out uh, today, just two days before Pearson's uh, heat in the 100-metre hurdles and has absolutely slammed her in regard to her attitude towards sport, uh, her attitude towards the Australian athletics team. Uh, had a go at her for not being at the training camp the other day. Uh, and it just really has gone off. And as a result, athletics, just, I think, have taken this as a last stand and said it can't last any longer. So that'll be the big news of the day is the, uh, the sacking the high-performance manager for Athletics Australia, Eric Hollingsworth. Finey with the swimming over... Tony. Finey, Tony, there you go. We, um, we move from the swimming to the athletics. I know Australia's sitting on top, but uh, how do you reckon we're going to go? Yeah, the medals have probably dried up a little bit now. We won't be getting the, uh, the regular 20 that we've been getting for the first few days. 
of the the Commonwealth Games now with the cycling finish, the swimming, where we got a heap of medals, and also the shooting is. Uh, just about wound up as well. So I think we're just going to be on a bit of a drip feed now and we'll get, uh, I'm assuming we'll probably still get a gold medal in netball, big chance there against New Zealand. We'll probably play in the final. I think our two hockey teams, the men's and women's of the hockey roos and the Cougar uh, doing a fantastic job. So I expect a couple of medals there. Still a couple of medals probably to come on the track as well. We've got medals still up uh, in lawn bowls, a couple of our boxes. So yeah, look, there's, there's still going to be a few coming around, Warren, but probably just not as many as we were used to in the first five days. Hey, Tony, really loving your work. Keep it up and uh, make sure you stretch those hamstrings before you go for that walk. Just about to do that now, boys. Thanks, guys. All right, there's Tony Shebecki live from Glasgow and the Commonwealth Games. Uh, I'm actually enjoying the Commonwealth Games. Wasn't overly excited just before, but uh, glad that they're on and it's nice to, nice to watch it uh, late at night. But anyway, hey, Carlos, uh, we've got a big show. Mm. And Warren and listeners, don't forget... Uh, Give us a call tonight on 9429 1116, 9429 and also uh, we're going to do a hot topic tonight, Carlos. Well, it is Romantic Wednesdays and after the it fantastic, is. after the afterglow of the FFA Cup, something I've supported for a long time there, Warren, <laughs> the FFA Cup. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, no, he's going to have a crack at me in a moment, but that's fine. No problem. Uh, our hot topic tonight, because it is, is a romantic time in football. We've got our own knockout competition. Uh, it really promised, it, promised uh, it delivered what it promised uh, last night. Uh, a couple of sceptics like me probably were proved wrong, uh, but then again, there is uh, another couple of rounds to go in this. Uh, <laughs> You'll never admit, yeah, in this uh, round of thirty-two. But last night, if you're taking last night uh, for uh, as a sample of what we're going to get, it was fantastic. And uh, the romance of knockout, sudden death, giant killing football was well and truly alive last night. And uh, uh, tonight is Romantic Wednesday, and what we'd like people out there, and you all love your football. If you're listening to us at this time of night, you love your football. What is the most romantic moment that you've experienced in world football? And, of course, um, if there's anything that we need to censor, we won't be reading it out, but send it through anyway because we want to be able to have a chuckle in the studio ourselves. But what is the most romantic uh, moment that you've experienced in world football because this is Romantic Wednesday because of the FFA Cup last night. Send us your text messages on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. That is the hot topic. Were you um, were you excited about the uh, FFA well, Cup? Well, there's, there, there's a couple of things. At least I'm consistent in the message that I give from week to week, <laughs> from year to year, and onwards. I mean, Carlos has bad Augusts. Every year. Last year, <laughs> bad August. He's like a footy team that doesn't bad, win in July. Bad August was predicting the Liverpool versus Melbourne victory crowd. He got that completely wrong. That was in August. August last year. <laughs> this year, in August, well, he's decided to go completely the other way and, and just basically give away all morals that he has and just oh. become a hypocrite. Well, what, what, You're a hypocrite, what, Let me just Carlos. say something. I'm not going to be... Uh, told by media marketing people, spin doctors out there, about what I should think about a competition that's coming up. We're talking about a competition, FFA Cup, that was modelled on a dead competition in England. It's a, FA Cup in England is dead. It's been dead since 2000. Since Manchester United refused to play in the FA Cup to go to some Mickey Mouse circus in Brazil for a World Club Championship at uh, FIFA's behest, right, uh, that's when the FA Cup died in England. We've suddenly thought, oh, it's great. After the FA Cup's been dead over there for 15 years, 
we've suddenly thought, let's have our own knockout competition. So I was sceptical. I'll say to the world, I'm saying to all of Melbourne that I was sceptical. So I wasn't going to be um, told by some media marketing spin doctor out there what to think. I needed to see it for myself. And by the end of it, I loved it. Yeah. Do you know, apparently, from what I understand, the South Springvale boys <laughs> in their change rooms have got a picture of you. Yep. <laughs> and they're throwing darts at you saying, we're going to no, do it I in was spite in, I, of Carlos. I was in Bill Lambropolis, <laughs> Lambropolis yep. the, the coach. I was in his pep talk before the game. Yep. <laughs> do you know the funny – and it, it's funny when moments – I've actually been to the ground. The, as we know, you'd have to say that – the Foxtel coverage last night it was great. Going to all the venues for all the goals with or without commentary, and I, that Gary Phillips character on Fox <laughs> was something. I actually, I really like, I really like him. But it's funny when your roots are connected to a place, mm-hmm. and I've actually been to that ground, the Broadmeadows ground that they, the the strikers played Newcastle Magic last night. No, Broadmeadows Magic. Broadmeadows Broad 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 Magic. Magic. Because it's very, very close to the International Sports Stadium yep. where Newcastle KB United yes. used to play <laughs> Kenny all those years ago yep. and where and where the Newcastle team plays now. But it was a great surface. It was a great spectacle. And I think, for me, the games had everything that you wanted. That game last night had... Goals, send-offs, send-offs, controversy, penalties, penalties, yeah. and the key, and, and uh, heroes to villains. The keeper that saved the penalty gets sent off later on. You had people cramping up in extra time. Uh, Fenicum, they, the Broadmeadow Magic guys, they were cramping up after thirty minutes, and they had yeah. to go to extra time. You had Ned Kelly, the captain. No, it looked like <laughs> Ned right. Kelly, and you had the big, s- big buffeting centre half with a heavy touch. Yes. It was it had everything. Yes, yeah, it had every heart bomb that you've done <laughs> over the last twenty five years, Carlos. It's true. In the show, it's true. I'm sure Olga was in the back there <laughs> in the as a masseur. But you're still a hypocrite, even though we talk with, about it with such passion. Mm. It actually did capture the imagination. Seeing seeing it seeing a, a, a park like that on TV and players, you know, better than us, but now, but uh, like us. You know, playing was was awesome. I loved watching it, and uh, well done. To what it did lack was a a you know forty five year old coming on as a sub. <laughs> well, that's why I kind of tempered. Like what a I was legend of say. the a legend of of the region, a player who's played for years and years and still hanging on. That you know, and coming on for the last fifteen and and actually burning. Like you needed a John Markoski to come on. That's right. It was, you kind of almost expected it because yeah. it was romantic, <laughs> and uh, that is our hot topic tonight. What is the most romantic moment you've ever experienced in world football? Uh, 0433-981116 or give us a call like uh, Paul from Heidelberg has done. Paul, welcome to the show. Uh, evening, guys. Uh, I just wanted to pull one of you, one of you up. Um, I can't remember which one of <laughs> which one of you was that attacked Man United for not going into the FA Cup. That, that was me. Ca- that's Carlos. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Carlos. Now, now, I'm a Leeds fan, and like any right-thinking human being, I despise Manchester United. <laughs> but I've got to actually kind of dig them out of this one a little bit. Yeah. The English government uh, were trying to get the. I believe they were trying to get the 2006 World Cup. There was pressure on them to get the uh, Commonwealth Games to Manchester. And they're trying to appease all these sporting organisations. They sold out, Paul. Manchester United had a bit of pressure for outside to turn up at this uh, Mickey Mouse FIFA tournament. Yeah, Um, yeah, no, they they sold out. They did want to defend the FA Cup that year. No, no, look, I know the story, mate, but they had the choice. 
and Fergie decide, uh, decided to do what uh, the British government wanted him to do. But it's not no, not necessarily... And he's Scottish it's too. Not, it's, not necessarily, it's not necessarily that Man U went, but when they went, I knew that the FA Cup was dead because that used to be the biggest thing. The FA Cup was the biggest thing. Oh, and, and winning And winning the First Division Championship was the biggest thing and the FA Cup. And really, if you look at the FA Cup now, it's just relegated with all of the other things that they've got to do, really. It, it's only big for clubs like Arsenal at the moment, who haven't won anything since 2005 and they need to win some <laughs> trophies. Uh, really, all the big clubs, it's just another accumulation. It's not the big thing that, that we wait for, hang out for around the world like we're used to. So, Paul, do you still disagree with uh, Carlos? <laughs> oh, look, he's got... Oh, no, there's, there's plenty there I do agree with. Um, the other the other point I just want to go with on your romantic moments in world football, uh, yes. yeah. um, as an Irishman, the 1994 World Cup, when the Italian team yes. walked out onto the pitch at Giant Stadium, they probably thought New York, lots of Italians. Yeah. Giant Stadium holds 86,000 people. I think there's about 70,000 Irish there. Yeah, and you got a good result too. The Italian players' faces as they stared around at this green <laughs> yeah. cauldron and went, holy crap. Yeah, and, and uh, just remind me, Paul, the, the Irish got a good result that game, didn't they? Yeah, no, they won 1 0. Yeah, that's right. Eight minutes. Fantastic, mate. Well done. Hey, thanks and, for you. And, and ran the game too. We should have won by more. Yeah, yeah. Hutton uh, uh, played a really good game for the Irish that game, I remember. Very well done. Thanks for your call there, Paul. Uh, good to talk to you, as yeah. always. Um, hey, we've got some romantic moments here. Is Carlos admitting his true love and admiration for <laughs> Liverpool FC? That's Darren in Baronia. Liverpool of the 80s, yes. yeah, Definitely. And the way Brendan Rodgers is building that squad, I'm, I don't, there's no love, there's no romance, but there's admiration right now. From afar. You know, yeah, you're just yeah, looking, yeah. you're looking across the There's a little the bit of an attraction, yeah. but uh, I'm not going to be... Are you flirting with Liverpool? No, no, I'm not flirting at all. No, no, it's just a bit of an admiration, that's all, right now. Uh, another romantic moment was when Drogba was scoring the winner versus Bayern to win the Champions League. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You, yeah, you know, in terms of personal reflection, I'd have to say, I have two that are very recent. I'd have to say... You Never Walk Alone at the MCG mm, yep. 12 months ago True. was probably one of the most romantic moments I've ever experienced. But the flirting, flitting moments after Tim, Ka- Tim Kale's goal ah, oh, yes. in I think the you, World I, Cup. Actually, I think you groped me. There was no romance there. <laughs> no, was, there was just a, I think it was just a grope. No, but it depends. Was lustful. Yeah. It depends how you want your romance. I mean, I think yeah. the Never Walk Alone was the soft, sort of yes. tender moment. Yeah. The Tim Kale goal against the Netherlands was the the passionate sort yeah. of like um, fatal attraction type <laughs> romance, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's all romance. It's all romance oh, in one way or another. There was a lot of bro bromance about it was. that. With and, the four and of da- Daniel in Greenvale, he hasn't referred to his, this as a romantic moment, but it, it was when Ricky Diaco came on for South yes. Springvale, and that's as close as you get, he says, uh, to John Markovsky, as we talked yeah. about uh, coming on. But also Bill Damianos. Someone said Bill Damianos came on too. And also, I remember Billy Damianos when there was that... Remember uh, when he was a South Melbourne boy? He's a young up-and-coming player for South started, Melbourne actually. back in 97, uh, 96, 97, and Carlton tried to poach him, Carlton Soccer Club, and there was this huge scandal uh, that he'd signed for Carlton. And in the end, 
his family ripped up the contract he stayed <laughs> at South Melbourne. Now, I don't know whether he was allowed to do that or not, but uh, I heard he came on the other night too, which is fantastic. Have they stacked this side, Carlos? Because when we emceed the FFA, well, you know, one of the awards nights at the uh, FFA, I remember um, giving votes to some of these, uh, <laughs> some of these boys. Yeah, they've Dimit been around Krakopoulos, uh, yeah. Damianos, of course. Yeah. Uh, Diaco was yeah. there. You never know. Absolutely. So, how good was that? Yeah. But anyway. Can, so, I, can I give my romantic moment? Of course you can. Now, my, my romantic moment, I'm going to take you back to 73, 1973. And uh, and I was only, at that stage, what would Jeez, I have been young. then? I probably would have been about nine 25? years old. Yeah, yeah right. nine years old, ten years old. Uh, and it was one. It was the first FA Cup I remember. And it was Sunderland versus Leeds. And I should have actually brought this up with Paul because he's a Leeds supporter. But uh Leeds had these players playing for. You tell me a one bad player in this Leeds side. David Harvey in goals, Paul Reaney, Trevor Cherry, Billy Brebner, Paul Maidley, Norman Hunter, Peter Lorimer, Alan Clark, Mick Jones, Johnny Giles, and Eddie Gray. There's not one dud in that team. And I think they're all current internationals in this FA Cup. They were playing, by the way, they were first division. They were playing a second division side, Sunderland. And Sunderland had uh, no one of note. They had Dave Watson, who went on to play for England, and Ian Porterfield, who, was, who wasn't a bad player himself. Dennis Stewart was a very good player, but only young at the time. They won 1-0 against Leeds at Wembley in front of 100,000 people. And, you know, they talk about parking the bus. <laughs> Sunderland parked the bus, I remember, probably for the whole 90 minutes. Jimmy Montgomery, the goalkeeper for Sunderland, he had the best. And I've seen, I don't know. How many, how many games of football do you reckon I've seen in my life? Oh, 10,000? Yeah, I don't know. It, uh, there's, no, you, there's no number. You can put on the number of games. That was the best goalkeeper performance I've ever seen in my life. And the romance around that game, around Wembley, when they walked out with their suit on and the, and the, and the rose in their, in their lapels, and, and then when they trudged up, the, the, the stairs to, to get the trophy and you get leads with their all white and they had the little the little ribbons with the numbers around their socks. And uh, it, it, that, for me, summed up the romance of the FA Cup. Here you go. What's happened since then, Carl? Yeah, it's very sad yeah, because you were I, in love with it. You know, and I would say, I would say, I mean, my earliest memory of the FA Cup is actually Craig Johnson scoring off Jan Mulby's cross. In, is that your earliest memory? Well, probably. Probably. In terms of... No, it's a romantic memory, but you know what? Lucid memory. Any walk of any team that won the FA Cup (laughs) up those stairs at the old Wembley was a romantic moment. The whole, I think the FA Cup for me, as much as they've done a fantastic job at creating a new Wembley stadium, and Mm. we had the hiatus at Cardiff that I think affected the FA Cup in terms of what people loved about it, but at the old Wembley, coming out, of the change rooms together in the corner of the stadium and everything that surrounded it. And then that, it was always pristine, the surface. They've never been able to get the surface recreated in the new Wembley, no sun and all that stuff. And that walk up and then to get it, and one guy used to get the lid and one guy (laughs) got the trophy. And all the things that surrounded it were just, yeah, and I think those intangibles have wrecked, not wrecked it, but have changed the FA Cup, I think. and and you get the sweaty players who you could tell they, they could, you could tell the boys who went to nightclubs a lot they they try and pash the duchess instead of instead of just shaking the hand they try and pash the duchess you know 
And uh, which I thought was fantastic. Like, what, what, I mean, why? Why, when they built the new Wembley, when it was such an iconic thing, those stairs, why didn't they replicate yeah, the stairs? I know, Is, was it an OH and <laughs> what, I don't know. A, a, a occupational health yeah, and the safety metal thing? Studs they, were on... too, they were too focused on the problems in the toilet. Remember, remember yes, the, that's right. building yeah. the. Yeah. Uh... I just, I think they got it all wrong. I yeah, mean, I if, did. It was just I one of the, they, Surely they could have replicated that walk up there. I mean, did the PFA come in and say, <laughs> no, the players, we don't want them to walk that high uh, up or something? It's just because. I think they just got it wrong. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Getting some really good uh, text messages here on romance uh, in world football. In light of what's been happening with the FFA Cup, we all think it's a romantic uh, Wednesday today. What is the most romantic uh, moment you've experienced in world football? Uh, A couple of really good ones here. Um, Singing I'm Forever, blowing bubbles uh, first at Upton Park and then in a pub full of West Ham fans on promotion back to the Premier League. Actually, who who was that? Uh, Just Anonymous. Uh, Yeah, Anonymous. Send through where that pub was the bowling in because I've been there (laughs) and I've I've done the same thing at the pub and at the ground at Upton Park. One of my romantic moments was, of course, when Aloisi scored the winner um, to get us into the World Cup. You know, that that was a great moment Mm. too. A lot of rom- lot of uh, romance after that goal, I would have thought. But uh, yeah, keep them coming on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Let's just uh, talk about the FFA Cup and some of the games coming up. And uh, we're talking about maybe a little bit of an expedition to Ballarat. A road next, trip in a couple yeah, of weeks. Yes, yes. Um, because Melbourne City take on Sydney FC uh, at, at Morshead Park in. Uh, in Stadium Ballarat. in Ballarat, yeah. yes. Yeah, so Just down the road from the trotting track. I know exactly where to go. Was it the old Tricado Park? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I've yep. actually kicked the football on Tricado yep, Park. Yep, yep. But they'll get Apparently a few... it's a magnificent little venue yes, these days. Yes, no, they'll get a lot. They'll get good crowds there, and um, they do love their football in Ballarat. The game I really want to see is Parramatta FC taking on St Albans Saints. Yeah, at, uh, Malita, at Malita Stadium yeah. uh, in... Uh, or is it Sefton, yeah. New South Wales? If there are St Albans Saints fans out there, give us a ring and tell us how you're feeling right now. Yeah. After watching last night, are you really excited? Are you really? Is, is it going to be a giant-killing giant performance going over there and, and getting the points away from home? How are you going to prepare? Are you going to go to work that day? Uh, if you're a plumber or electrician, you're not going to do work for a little while so you don't get injured. So just let me know uh, if you're a St Albans uh, Saints player or fan, how you're feeling uh, they're, tonight. They're running a raffle to, to raise money for the air tickets up there. And um, I, actually, I actually think a game between St Albans and Parramatta, which roughly equate to each <laughs> other geographically in relative terms of their cities, that won't be a game for the faint-hearted. No. I can absolutely guarantee absolutely it. It'll be a not. tough game. Mm. Looking forward to some of those games, and we'll, we'll probably talk more about them as well. Melbourne victory take on Bayswater City in WA, so that, that should also be... Imagine next year if uh, Ronaldinho comes to, oh, you know, yeah. the, comes to the A-League, <laughs> with whoever he plays. Imagine him turning up at you know, in Green Gully or... Uh, Rocking up at St yeah, Albans so, for the right. first round of the... Fourth that's round right, of the FA Cup. Uh, you know, Clifton Hill. Vale. Clifton <laughs> Hill <laughs> FC. They'd make him feel welcome there. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Hey, let's take a break now and come back with more. We're going to catch up with Mike McGrath from the UK right after this break on the 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. When English football manager Chris Turner was asked about what he says to his players to fire them up for a big game... He said, I tell the players we need to win so I can have the cash to buy some new ones. It goes without saying that Chris hasn't won many games. This has been a sad coaching moment by the four Diegos.
1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. Yes, we're here on a Wednesday night on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. Vinny Venezuela's uh, oh, yes. out tonight. and uh, It's yeah. a romantic Wednesday yeah, for him he's too. Got a, <laughs> he's a romantic there's, there's one thing, listeners out there, that's more important than listening to the Diegos and even football. It's quality time with your wife. It's even okay. better when that quality time is listening with your wife, is listening to, <laughs> That's right. to the Diego. And, and, and by the way, send us through a text if you are listening <laughs> while you're you know, preparing for bed and you're, you're lying, lying there, you're lying there. And uh, many of our listeners have told me that they that the Diego's put them to sleep every night. Yes, yeah, so, uh, so if, you're not, if you're already asleep, don't text us. But if you're <laughs> on your way, please do. Uh, Warren's in the house as, uh, as is Carlos. Uh, Mike McGrath from the UK is uh, going to join us now. Mike, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yes, uh, just in the nick of time there, Mike. Um, As I said, Rodrigo's here, Warren and uh, Carlos Alberto. Hey, Mike, uh, our hot topic today is uh, in light of uh, we've just launched and uh, this year we've launched an FFA Cup. Ours is better than yours because we've got an extra F. But um, we're talking about the romance of of the FFA Cup. It is Romantic Wednesday. What's the most romantic moment uh, you've experienced in world football? That's our hot topic, and I'm asking you that question. Without notice. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that is... Uh, well, I mean, probably just off the top of my head, the first one um, that springs to mind was... Um, it's probably Spain winning that first tro- uh, trophy, major trophy in 2008. It was a, a country divided um, by uh, politically, but all the players kind of came together and put all that, uh, put all that history to one one side and um, and won their first trophy. It was it, that, That's just one that springs to mind immediately, but obviously there's plenty to choose from. That's very worldly of you there, uh, Mike, given that uh, you're born and bred in the UK. And uh, actually, were you born? I, I think you were born elsewhere. But uh, but the uh, how about when you were young? Any, any sort of uh, moments that stick with you? I mean, the 1973 FA Cup for me, I just said earlier in the show, was a big one for me. Uh, anything in English football oh, that's uh, well, I mean, absolutely. I mean, taking the um, you know the journalist hat off, um, you know, the, the happiest was the 1991 um, FA Cup final. Little things like the fact it was um, I went with my mum, and it was the first time she'd ever been to a football game. Um, and obviously, being a being a, a kid and um, seeing Paul Gascoigne carried off mm. um, and your best player carried off, and then going one nil down, you know, you you think your day your day's over, um, and then um, and then you get to ninety minutes and it's extra time, you get a, get a winner, um, and you know it's a, a fantastic fantastic day um, for many reasons. So it's those kind of ones. That, that's probably the best um, FA Cup moment, definitely that that I've had. Obviously, yeah. it was before I was working, um, but just as a fan. Yeah, no, no, they're, they're the sort of romantic moments we're referring to, mate. But let's get to what's happening in the UK at the moment. Uh, well, uh, not necessarily in the UK, but these big clubs are touring around the world. Uh, we've got Manchester United in the, in the US at the moment, and Louis van Gaal's a master. He's actually under-promising, over-delivering. He's saying he's got a broken squad. He's got to repair this squad. They're all lacking a bereft of confidence. Uh, he's going to take him three to six months to re- for them to understand what he's talking about. He's playing it beautifully at the moment, isn't he? Well, yeah. He's, I, I think in some ways he's he's kind of backing himself um, into a corner in um, by saying 
that the tour is is dead, he's dead against the tour, which he kind of knew was coming anyway. And all the big teams are over here. I'm actually in New York at the moment for the awesome. Liverpool v Man City game tonight. So um, he he knew that all the big game, that, that that the big teams are over here. Um, but he's kind of taken on Man United, you know, literally with one of his first sentences at his uh, unveiling press conference, um, and also by saying, you know, he's inherited an unfit team or, you know, an unfit Luke Shaw. He's kind of giving himself a few get-outs there. So, yeah, he's playing He's playing the game well at the moment. Now, Mike, um, Locke Remy, I think he's moved from, uh, he moved from France to QPR and then he went from QPR to Newcastle. I dare say he's had medicals in both those places. And the, the mystery that surrounds... Now, the fact that he travelled all the way to America... To do the to do the medical and to go through that process and to be unveiled, and then in mysterious circumstances, has he failed the medical or is there other reasons? And Liverpool have really failed to, failed to clarify that. Harry Redknapp's come back and said, "Well, you know, he's he looks a fit, strong boy to me." Um, what's what's the thoughts around the Lock Remy situation? And really, I think you'll see Liverpool have to go for another striker as a backup. You would think. Yeah, you just wonder because obviously we we've been told it was a failed medical. Harry says it's not a failed medical, so you just wonder whether there might be another striker that's just become, become available that Liverpool might be having an eye on. Obviously, we don't know who that is, but if they do have somebody else in their targets, um, then obviously stalling on Remy would help them um, if he's not first choice. But you know, is, is then a case can they resurrect a deal for Remy if they don't get? Um, Somebody that they really want because um, it, it was—it's been quite a messy few days in terms of that transfer. Hey, Mike. We, speaking about transfer, we've had a few texts tonight. Um, what are you hearing about Arturo Vidal and Manchester United? We're hearing that it's uh, nearly dead in the water. But um, are you hearing anything to the contrary? No, I mean it, it's one that kind of—it um, was—we thought it might happen about a month ago, but. Um, you know the word from Man United is that that that, that there haven't that nothing's been agreed at all. I mean he's clearly a, a player that would that would fit into the team, but as far as I'm aware, that's not that's not one that's um, that I'm expecting to happen in the next few days. Now, Mike, uh, Southampton, uh, they're a team that did so well uh, under Pochettino last season. They've lost the manager. He's gone to Tottenham. And one by one, their their squad's been dismantled at the moment. Apparently, I don't know where I heard this or read it, but uh, the South Melbourne, uh, sorry, the Southampton supporters aren't signing up as members at the moment. The club's written to the supporters saying, what the hell's going on? Aren't you signing up? And a lot of them are very, very disgruntled about the fact that they're losing so many players. Is there anything that a club like Southampton can do to keep its best players? It doesn't seem like it has. It's got very, very many options at all. Well, unfortunately, I don't think there's an appetite to um, to keep the players there. Um, about six months ago, there was obviously a change of um, a change of chief executive. The new guy uh, said said to the players, um, "We're not we're not going to go big in the transfer market." I think his words that have been kind of paraphrased to me were. We're going to take a side, you know. We're going to go side sideways rather than trying to move forward ambitiously. Um, so obviously that means selling a lot of their players. And if you're not spending, I mean, it, it looks like it's going to be um, 
you know, it, it's not going to be a great season for them, um, which is which is such a shame after what they did last season and the fact that they've got a pretty exciting manager in as well, Ronald Koeman. But, I mean, there's very little he can do if all the key players are leaving. Looks like Schneiderlin's the next. And also, Jay Rodriguez, he's only got two years on his contract. So, it could be a case of, you know, we've got to sell him now or risk, um, you know, a massive uh, drop in his value in one year's time. Mike, I was just... um reading an article in the British press about the average cost of tickets for for um, teams this season in terms of, you know, the cheapest ticket and the most expensive. And it seems to, from reading it, that the average ticket price is around £30 for most of the most of the teams in the Premier League, including the Manchester Uniteds and the Arsenals of, that, of the world. I'm, I'm wondering, is that affordable for the average person? And have the ticket prices been reasonably stable in terms of how much they cost, or have they been going up over time? Uh, well, I think that's quite um, an underestimation. I think thirty quid. I think now you expect to pay about fifty quid for a for a ticket, um, which is a which is a lot. And there have been there has been a steady a steady increase in prices. Um, what a lot of clubs do is uh, freeze the price for season ticket holders. Um, to kind of reward them. But on the whole, it's an extremely expensive uh, sport to watch over here, you know, on a par with going to the West End to watch the theatre. Um, it, obviously, the roots of football are not, are not uh, you know, it's more, more of a working-class sport, but definitely now it's a, it's a, it's a real big, big business and, and quite a lot of money to go watch it in the flesh. Mike, uh, just one last one before we let you go. Uh, Marouane uh, Fellaini, the uh, Belgium international who uh, had such a bad uh, experience there at Manchester United last season, it seemed like Van Gaal couldn't wait to get rid of him. Even during the World Cup, you were saying he's not a Manchester United type of player. Uh, There's talk that he's having talks with Napoli at the moment, which will be a good result for him given that he's been much maligned. What do you think is going to happen to him? And uh, I mean, is he as bad as what people are saying, or is he just did he just join the wrong club at the wrong time last last season? I think he's a, I think he's a player where a lot of the team has to focus on around him and play through him in in a kind of number ten way. Um, but he's obviously a bigger presence than somebody like Matter, and he's more inclined to dealing with them longer balls. I, I honestly think that. A fresh start will probably do him good. Um, Napoli seems to fit, and and United. I think, you know, unless he gets given a chance, a defensive midfielder, which he doesn't particularly suit. I don't really see him getting in that team. Um, it probably get written off as a, just a bit of bad business um, that they did at the start of the Moyes era. But uh, to be honest, no, he, he's rarely has he played well for for Manchester United, and even at the World Cup, I didn't think he was pulling up any trees, despite. Um, a goal in, I think, either the first or, or the second game that he played. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I don't think he's a, he's a long-term United player. Definitely. Definitely. He, he did hear the ball in uh, in one of the games, I think, in the World <laughs> Cup. But, yeah. hey, Mike, um, you're in New York, and mm. uh, we really appreciate you, you know, taking your time out of your busy schedule over there. <laughs> um, you, so, you're, you're at a game in a couple of hours, you said? The, the big game. It's, it's, it's no, it's, it's actually... It's, um, it's, it's about... Um, it's in the morning at the moment. It's breakfast time. So the game is at seven tonight. Oh, um, obviously, 
with the with with all the with all the time differences and stuff, it, it makes um, your work times are a bit strange. But um, it's uh, yeah, we, we've got a good we've got a good few hours um, to prepare for the match. Oh, so, Mike, how are you spending your leisure time over there? <laughs> um, fighting jet lag. <laughs> uh, and running running around trying to meet um trying to meet some players from Liverpool, uh, Man City and then obviously it's quite a big game in Detroit at the at the weekend, uh, which I'll which I'll get myself to Real Madrid v um uh, Manchester United where uh, Ronaldo will be uh facing his old old team hopefully. I think that's what all the sponsors want anyway. Well Mike, you you've definitely come up in the world. You're in New York covering a game and uh, you're talking to the Diegos uh, just before breakfast. Thanks for your time. We'll talk to you again next week. Okay, see you soon, guys. There's Mike McGrath from the UK, live from New York. Should have actually asked him to say hello to Rodriguez. Sixto uh, yes. Rodriguez in Detroit. Spoke to him on the phone this morning, Carlos. Yes, uh, uh, very famous uh, musician. Who's, uh, yes, very good. Mm. And just to confuse everyone with time difference, I think the Men's City Liverpool game's on at 9am tomorrow morning right. on one of the Fox channels. But I've actually Are found... Are you killing yourself to watch those no, games? No, to be honest with you, Carlos, it's strange. You, I was can't, at the, you can't watch those I was games. at the start thinking... But Liverpool played at Fenway Park and they had to lay all this artificial grass <laughs> just over the baseball field for them to play the first game, yeah. which they... I think they lost to Roma late in the game. Mm. Um, yeah. I found them particular. I mean, I found them particularly lacklustre for all the, you know, the, well, you know why? No, the congregation of great teams because you've got, you've got uh, Roma, you've got Olympiacos, you've Real. got Man City, you've got Real, you've got Man United, you've got um, Tottenham were there too, and but, but no, know, I'm not surprised. Do you Don't know why please. they're lacklustre? Do you why? know because there's eighty thousand people pay big money to go and see these games? We'll see it again in Juventus in a couple of weeks. All it is is a, it's a glorified training session for these guys. It's a training session. And, and I don't know why you're surprised when I say that. I'm not surprised. You are surprised. You're surprised. You're no, shocked. Well, maybe. It's like, it's like I'm delivering some news from Mars no, well, or something. And look, I think with the World Cup, that the players that you'd like to see in these games, particularly you know the players that have come from the World Cup, they haven't played like... They just aren't playing. You know, you know the hardest working person at this time of the year at those clubs. The who? Olga the Masua. I've got to say, by the way, there was an impressive pitch invasion uh, in the Roma Real Madrid game. <laughs> Did you see little kids? Yeah, they were little were kids. Just, they were just, you know, they were the little kids uh, frolicking who, across the field. They, they were the little kids who'd be you know, on detention <laughs> after right, school. They're the kids right. who are every night they're on detention. <laughs> they were the ones who invaded the pitch. Yeah, that's right. And uh, just when Emperor Blatter Carlos on the SMS thought that uh, <laughs> it seems that uh, Carlos has finally learned to embrace parties and circuses in the FFA Cup. You've gone and slammed the uh, circus the over difference, there in, in the US. The difference with the FFA Cup and these these friendlies, mm. these jokes that are friendlies that people pay to go and see, people is that you saw the heart and soul of people uh, with South Springvale and Broadmeadow Magic and all those guys. You saw the heart. And, it meant it was a game of their lives. Mm. It was the biggest moment of their football lives, those guys, and you saw it meant something. These friendly games, yeah. I'll go and see Broadmeadows Magic yep. or Broadmeadow Magic versus versus uh, Brisbane Strikers before I'd go and see Real Madrid at this time of the year 
and Manchester United that, or Liverpool. Oh, I'm pointing you right now. No, it does make for good radio, so, but I'm pointing to you right now. That's a ringling circus, whereas yeah, the other stuff's, you know, circus absolutely. alone. And just for the SMS or whoever it was, at least Carlos has been consistently hypocritical over a long <laughs> period of time. He's held no consistent opinion about anything. So at least that's consistent. He signs at Emperor Blatter. Okay, let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diegos here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. The Tranmere Rovers Football Club logo has its origins set over 100 years ago when the club was born out of the coming together of a local cricket and football club. The logo, a shield quartered, possesses four emblems intersected by a football and a shepherd's staff. Why the staff? Well, Tranmere's old ground Steel's field used to be a farmer's field. Horseshoes on either side of the football and a tree continue the rural theme. And the picture of the sun has its origins in the club's Latin motto. Ubi fidi ibi lux erubere. Loosely translated, where there is faith, there is light and strength. This has been a useless trivia moment by the four Diegos. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. Yes, and coming up after the Diegos, it's All Night Appetite from 12 till 6 with Darren Parkin. Make sure you stay tuned for that. The hot topic tonight, uh, what was the most romantic? It's been a red hot one too. It has been. Now, we're going to go oh, through some in a minute. Uh, what's the most romantic moment you've experienced in world football? Yeah, no, I've already said it. Yeah, you have. No, you put your hand up. Look, I actually, <laughs> I'm one of the lucky ones in the world that or I'm actually able to experience watching the game with my wife, because she loves it as much as me. So that's reasonably that's romantic. romantic. It is. Yep. It's lovely. Yeah, that's good. Thank you very much. 0433 98 11 16. Now, here's a, let's go through a couple, shall we? Oh, before we do, Carlos. Yeah. Um, you guys are the same people who yep. rode off Liverpool after their performance last year versus victory. They were two points off winning the Premier League. They're friendlies, and they'll be fine, Lucas and Greenvale. Now... Oh, by the way, it wasn't he, you guys, it was me. Yeah, him. I said that they were garbage and that they weren't looking good for the season. Now, if but Lucas... we get bundled into... Yeah, yeah, of say. course. We're one, we're a collective. That's right. But, uh, but it was but we, me. We didn't I, agree with you. I'll put my hand up. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll put my hand up. Now, Lucas in Greenvale, can you honestly put your hand on your heart and say after that game against Liverpool, against so for between Liverpool and, Mer- uh, and Melbourne victory, that Liverpool... That you chipped Liverpool to finish first or second in the EPL after that performance. If you say that, I, I worry. I worry uh, about your judgment because they had a good season, but they. I don't think many people would have tipped that they would have gone so close to winning the title. No, no and I'll defend you here, Carlos. Yeah. As I saw Luis Suarez sulking around, I wasn't overly hopeful of a good season. Yeah, but, that's right. Uh, they turned it around. Well, let's keep the Liverpool theme going because Len in Heidelberg Heights wants to talk about Liverpool. G'day, Len. Welcome to the show. Len, uh, bit of a... the, the British guy in New York, he was saying that Remy's medical was, uh, you know, was a no-no, and there might have been a reason. I don't know, of course, but I read somewhere, or I heard somewhere, that Monaco were willing to let Liverpool have a loan for one year uh, of um, Falcao. Okay. And of course, Falcao being such a big, you know, a, a big player, uh, a loan wouldn't be that expensive, uh, but it'd take care of his um, movement back to health, which is pretty close anyway. Now, I think. so so you reckon? So no, let I me. Don't, let, no, I don't. I don't reckon. No, no Len, Len, you're suggesting that Liverpool's medico staff they they 
They they fiddled. They fiddled with the cough <laughs> test. Oh, <laughs> they fiddled with the cough test. You're saying, Len, because they wanted someone else. Actually, I'm not. But but Remy uh, failed a, a medical uh, at least once before. Uh, I was in Europe, and I remember it. Really? Uh, and but again, did... it was a heart it was a heart condition. Ah, okay. Um, and so Harry Redknapp, being Harry, would naturally defend his ground, mm. particularly if he wants to sell him, use or sell him. <laughs> And that's logical, and and he's a terrific guy apparently, but um, yeah, he does have that that heart uh, condition, which is perhaps minor, but minor enough to be um, yeah. something you don't want to uh, you know be responsible for if he winds up on his back in a yeah. you know in a stadium. So I, I don't no idea, but that would make some sense to me because uh, Falcao is injured, is playing this weekend or coming back this weekend or soon. And he's a huge player, and he then goes back to Monaco next year, and Liverpool get not a year to sort out what the hell to do with um, uh, Suarez's absence. Uh, good on you, Len. Yeah. That's uh, some news that I didn't know about. Yeah, thanks, no, mate. Thanks for your call, Len. And you are right. I think um, I think the Remy thing was around price. He was good value for the goals. You know, his goal scoring percentage against games. I think Wilfred Bonney, who they were after, he was going to cost about double that amount of money. They have been linked with. A whole lot of players. Cavani's been mentioned, um, but they're sort of the bigger They've got to get a big name. They can't let Suarez go no, no, without think... a fight. They didn't fight to keep him. No. Uh, but they have to... The only way you can appease the Liverpool fans right now, I reckon, uh, even though they all accepted he had to go, is by getting a big yeah, name. Yeah, and I think they will look to. Mm. Hey, just a shout-out to Jack from St Kilda East. Listening to SEN now is part of my nightly uh, VCE routine. And it's my <laughs> alarm too, so... Uh, Happy to help you progress through your life there. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, keep you up, Carlos. I'll put you to sleep. There you go. That's the biggest problem. Can well, I, go I was, ahead. I, yeah, I was going to say, I know I'm not preempting the SMSs, but there's an SMS from uh, the St Albans Saints. And we can't confirm yet, can we, Carlos? Because we've got to actually speak to our better halves. Yep. But there could be the possibility of following the Diego's on a road trip. <laughs> no, not following the Diego's. The Diego's might be doing the road trip road to trip. Ballarat. Yep, we'll confirm next week. Yeah, yeah. You'll see us in one of the pubs, I think. On, on air. On Is it Bungaree? We're going to have some uh, counter at Bungaree uh, no, Pub? No, we might have a beer at Bungaree and maybe have a... A counter at Balan, Balan. Might go yeah. the Golden City, Carlos, yeah, or the Lakeview. Gordon, Gordon? Yeah, we'll absolutely. We'll go Gordon. to Spud Frawley territory. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Apparently, fifty going up on a plane next Tuesday. St Albans Saints away, Good on them. away, away. Let's uh, finish the show with. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes to go, but finish the show with some romance. Uh, what's the most romantic moment you've had in world football? Chelsea beating Bayern Munich in the Champions League was so romantic. Go Chelsea! That's Dean Lewis in Crib Point. Thank you very much there, Dean. Most romantic moment, and this uh, is recent, mm. was walking into the Maracanã Stadium last month for the first time ever. I shed a tear. That's Peter on you, in Pete. Clayton. I love that. If we had a prize, I would have given because a tear thing, that that's, meant something to me. Yeah. Uh, I know we saw it where, where Timmy Cale scored a couple of goals in the World Cup. That's, you know, I nearly teared up then, um, especially amongst the 2,000 Chile supporters that are <laughs> around me that I wanted to fight, actually. <laughs> they were throwing beer at us. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, we wasn't all that comfortable, but... Uh, but I understood. I wish I, you know, I wish I had an opportunity. I wish they hadn't renovated the Madakana. I wish it was the same Madakana that was falling apart, that was crumbling to the ground, <laughs> yeah. that they had the 1950 World Cup yeah. at. <laughs> and uh, and I just wish they didn't touch that because I wanted to see the old Madakana. Well, they've clearly touched 
um, that and nothing else. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to do. Didn't go right. there, but bought a T-shirt <laughs> with the American <laughs> R on there. Right. So there you go. He's Jace. is a massive Gooner fan. Uh, Michael Thomas scoring in uh, the 90. 90- 90th plus ah, minute yes. in the final game of the season at Anfield to win the first division title after 18 years. Absolutely. This one. is one of my favourite moments. Viduka scoring four ah. for Leeds versus Liverpool. Warren, great football oh, in Australia. Yeah. Great show, fellas. Thank you there, Michael, from and, East and, and at the end of the game... Yes, this was the romantic. Yes, he went up to the he went up to the nearest camera yep. and just laconically said, hi, Mum. Hi, Mum. And can I say, as a football fan, even as a Liverpool fan, that was an absolutely yeah. spectacular game because I think... They scored four. Liverpool scored three. It was a great game. And the last one before we go, boys, three moments for me. One, the final game at Middle Park for South Melbourne. I was yep. nine. Two, Euro 2004, for obvious reasons. Yep. Um, three, meeting the Olympiacos squad in 2012 when they were in Melbourne. That's John in Mill Park. Thank you very much. What a great romantic way to finish. One last one. Yes, Carlos. Ulysses Kokonos watching him come off the boat. Uh, or the plane. Yep. Back in the 70s, I believe, when he first came to South Melbourne, I watched him play Juventus at Olympic Park uh, with all the hair, and he was electric. Absolutely. His hair was electric? <laughs> yeah, he came straight from a nightclub, <laughs> from, straight from the disco, played a great game, and then went off to the disco again. All right, that's it for this week's show. Thank you very much, Carlos. Thanks, Warren. Thanks to our callers and texters. Don't forget, after 12, it's All Night Appetite with Darren Parkin, and Shane Donoghue is in the chair from 12 till 2. So remember, Carlos. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever you Samba, Rumba, and La Bamba, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever there's girls with fruit on their heads and balls at their feet, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever gringos play football, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the Four Diego. Olé! Olé!